0: Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on being carriers of his glory. So the the Ark of God is taken away from the Israelites, and this was prophesied by Samuel in some chapters before because Eli's sons, Phinehas and Ferb, Hophni, they were evil in the sight of the Lord. Okay? And so they were taking from the sacrifices and consuming it, and just, and just, they were just gangsters. They were just scammers, okay? They were just exploiters, is what they were. And so they were um, not doing what the Lord had commanded them to do. And so they lost the battle. The ark was taken. The Philistines take the ark, and guess what happens? They thought the ark would give them the power that it gave uh, the Israelites. But everywhere they took the ark, it was like hot potato. They kept saying, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Everywhere they moved the ark, people started having tumors. And mice and rats were like infesting their places. Like 50,000 people were killed because of the fear and the dread and the tumors and the mice. I mean, it was insane. And so they kept the Ark for seven months, and then they took it back. You know, like that sweater you thought you wanted, and then you decided you didn't like it, they took it back. Please take this sweater back. We didn't even take the tags off. Take this Ark, get it away from here, right? Right. And so they take the ark back and they take it to a place, Abinadab, okay? Now, real quick, I just want to give you a background of who all these characters are. Eli, his sons, Phineas and Hophni, Abinadab, all of these folks were Levites, okay? Do you know who the Levites are? Levites are responsible for the worship of the entire nation. They are responsible for the worship. All right? And so they became separated and consecrated. This is cool. I'll take you back a little bit. How many people remember when Moses was up on Mount Sinai retrieving the tablets and the people of the Israelites got tired of waiting on God's timing? So they decided to melt all their jewelry and make a golden calf. And so they start worshiping this golden calf, and guess who did not participate in the idol worship? The Levites. So by their understanding of worship, they were set apart as the worshipers. And so they put to death all those that worshiped the golden calf, even their sons and their fathers. These people reverenced God and understood worship. And so they were set apart as the Levites. Now we've got Eli, we've got Hophni, we've got Phinehas, we've got Abinadab, they're all Levites, okay? And... The crazy thing is, is I'm going to skip around because I'm trying to get done quick, all right? Uh, If you want to just reference that, Exodus 32, 26, then Moses stood up in the gate of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together to him, okay? And so we see how these Levites were set apart. And here's the cool thing. When the... People of God went into the promised land. The Levites did not have an inheritance. The Levites weren't given territory. You know why? God was their inheritance. So the people that understood worship were people that understood that all they needed was God. Now that made them more than The conquerors. It made them more than the people who inhabited the land because the people that inhabited the land had to give tithes of that land to the Levites that understood that God was all they needed. Sometimes we can't get all we need because we're trying to get all we need instead of understanding He's all we need. Then we get all we need. Matthew chapter 6 puts it real clear. Seek first my kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I am your inheritance. Psalm 16, 5-7, David says, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize and my pleasure and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed. Anybody ever get overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you? For you have given me the best, the best. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. How many people just love it? Get all warm and fuzzy inside. When he counsels and corrects you, when he pops that honey in, you just love it, right? Thank you, Lord. I love it. Give me more, Lord. Give me more. But those that realize that he is our prize and our great reward, they do love it when he says, hey, you want some more? Let's go over here. Straighten up. Pop, pop. Pep. pap. pap. The way you counsel and correct correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. So they were supposed to understand that God was their portion and their inheritance. So Phineas and Ferb, otherwise known in the Bible as Hophni, they... Y'all, that's all y'all gonna remember. That's all you're gonna remember is Phineas and Ferb. And you're gonna be like, was that a sermon? And you're gonna see it on TV. No, why did I think that was a sermon? That's cartoons. Anyway. So Phine- Phineas and we were in position to receive. Why am I carrying this mic? Dude, somebody give me a sweat towel. I got me an old mic. I'm gonna do the. Come on. Get your hand off your face, baby. Come on. All right. I was gonna do that at the end. That was my prop. All right, I'm back on this one. <laughs> Were well, you back there like, what the heck is he doing? God, <laughs> 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 pick a right <brain>, boy. <laughs> <sighs> they get requests to serve. They say, who's preaching that day? No, I ain't serving that day. Boy don't know how to use a mic. <laughs> boy don't know how to use a mic. <laughs> so they 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 were receiving the portion. I mean, they got. They're portioned. They got a tithe of the stuff. And they just had to get a little bit more. God wasn't enough for them. The greatest sin comes because God is not enough. The path to all sin comes because God... Is not enough. I think it's amazing. We're so worried about excess. Well, let's don't start thinking crazy stuff. We're so worried about excess. And we look throughout Scripture man, the downfall of man is when they did not believe there was enough, not when they believed there was too much. They didn't they built a golden calf because Moses was taking too long. Come on. So we're so worried about excess. So they took too much. And so here we go. So they die. It leaves. Son Ichabod is born. Where the glory at? Philistines have got it. They return it. We don't want it. They take it to Abinadab's house. Now, Abinadab is a Levite as well. But do you know there's no record of the blessing of God resting on Abinadab's house? That tells me he did not properly steward the ark of God. He did not treat it the way that the Levites should treat it. He did not think... This is all I need. Abinadab went about his daily duties and put the ark in the closet. It wasn't all he needed. It was just a fixture. So many times, God is not all we need. He's just a fixture. He's just an add-on. And the blessing of God does not rest on people who just choose him and pick him because he's a cool t-shirt to wear and I'm bored on Sunday. So Benadab's house is not blessed. Matter of fact, we see that when David comes, I'm just going to just close the notes. We're just going to see what I can remember and we're going to do the rest, all right, in time. So, not by 1230, it's 1232. I don't mean in that time. I mean in Cairo's time, the timing of God. <laughs> We're going to finish this sermon today, all right? When David comes to Abinadab's house to get the ark, guess who is leads the ark for David? Uzzah and Ahio, Remember? Those are Abinadab's sons, which means they are also Levites, okay? So, but they did not treat the ark like a Levite should, because the ark got to their house on a cart, so it shows you that instead of treating the presence of God the way they should treat the presence of God, they treated the presence of God the way the world treats the presence of God. They treated the presence of God the way that the Philistines treated the presence of God, and so it did for them nothing. So Uzzah helps David get the ark and volunteers to be the one to lead it and him in Ohio, and they come. This is really cool. I like this. They come to the threshing floor of Naucon. It's pronounced Naw, N A W, Naucon. Naucon. <laughs> they come to the threshing floor of Nalcon. They get to the threshing floor of Nalkon and the the oxen stumbles and the ark shifts and Uzzah attempts to stabilize the ark. I thought to myself, there has to be something specific about the threshing floor of Nalkon. Like they're cruising, Right? They're traveling along, then all of a sudden everything goes crazy at the threshing floor of Nalkon. You know what Nalkon means? Right and ready. Right and ready. You know what they do at the threshing floor? They separate the chaff from the wheat. That's what happens at the threshing floor. So we can try to put the ark. On a cart, we can try to accessorize the art. We can try to add the art to our life. We can try to say, Lord, would you come and follow my life? Will you bless my doings? Will you bring your presence to me? Is there any way you can adjust all of heaven and just make all the plans line up with my plans and follow me where I'm going? And you may feel like he's following you for a while. You ever hear anybody say, man, I'm so blessed? And 98.7% of the choices they make are totally contrary to what Scripture would say. That's not blessing. That's mercy. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. That's mercy. But there's another place we can go besides just the hair of our chinny-chin-chin, as Johan said. We can walk in blessing and favor. We can walk in blessing and favor, and that comes when we reverence the presence of God and say, he is my portion, and he is my prize. He's more than enough to fill my life, and you're all I want, and you're all I need. Then he adds all these things. Are added into us. So you can do that for a while, but if you get to the place where the chaff is separated from the wheat and the decision comes, are you right and are you ready, the ark will fall off. I want to come to that threshing floor. I'm thankful for that threshing floor. I continue to be thankful for that fleshing floor. Just wash my mouth. I'm thankful for it. Because he wants me to go from glory to glory. And so there's times I get familiar with a level and I think that I've got that level figured out and I've seen how I can handle it and I've seen how I can operate in it. And so I just get so familiar with it and I get so traditional with it and I get to where I understand God and I, God will do what I tell him because me and him are boys. And I believe every time before we get the ark into our tent, we'll go through the threshing floor of right and ready, and we'll see if we're right and ready to really be carriers of his glory. And if we're not sanctified at that time, if we're not covered at that time, the beautiful thing is that all the wrath of God was placed on his son. So he doesn't kill us. He just extends mercy to us and says, Hey, you ain't ready. But thankfully, I've made provision for you to get ready. Let's spend some time at the threshing floor and then we'll just move on with this journey. I can't stay here too long. When David hears that
1: Obed Edom's,
0: I ain't got to Obed Edom yet, have I? Yeah. Uzzah dies. So David gets scared. Did I read that part to you? He drops the ark at Obed Edom's house. The ark is at Obed Edom's house for three months, and it says that his house was blessed. It also says that Obed-Edom honored the presence of God, cared for the ark of God, gave it a prominent place in his house. He saw the value of it, consecrated himself. Like David, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Whatever I've got to do to keep the ark in my house, that's what I want to do crazy I heard this the other day and I had to go find it myself. do you know there's extra biblical texts rabbinical literature that talks about the three months that it was at Obed Edom's house and what's cool is there's a verse in chronicles that talks about one of his sons and it parallels that and says that his son had six sons and so but this this rabbinical literature says that Obed Edom had a wife and eight Daughter-in-laws, okay? And the daughter-in-laws and his wife all gave birth to two babies per month. Two babies per month for three months. That's fruitful. Two babies per month. Y'all can look it up. Go find it yourself. Study. Show yourself approved. Approved they were fruitful. You just imagine what Obed-Edom's neighbors were thinking. (laughs) They got pink balloons on the mailbox and red balloons. You know, they got balloons on the mailbox every day, you know. They got the little blow-up stork out in the front yard. They're like, what is happening, right? And you know how the world thinks, man, Obed-Edom's lucky, Stuff's all happening for him. It's raining everywhere. Look, there's a little umbrella over his house or something. What's happening? Favor. Obed-Edom's house was blessed. I got to figure out what. I'm getting ready to get into my three points. So we're going to cut those out. I'll probably have a part two on this. I'm going to find the gist of what I want to tell you. Give me a second. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for the limited time today that Helps us decide what you want us to share. Let's us cut out all of the excess. I'm looking for it. I'm almost there. My goodness. If I don't find this, I'm going to be so mad. Okay, here we go. Here's the gist I want to get to today. When David hears that the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, he decides to move the ark to Jerusalem as originally planned. It had been his original purpose to carry the ark to Jerusalem. He had only desisted in a fit of vexation and then of fear. He now saw that such fear was groundless and went on to the completion of his unfinished action. All right? When David hears the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, he decides to move the ark to Jerusalem as originally planned. This is a summary in Wikipedia. Chapter 4. It had been his original purpose to carry the ark to Jerusalem. He had only desisted, this is what I want to touch on, in a fit of vexation and then of fear. And he now saw such fear was groundless and went on to the completion of his unfinished action. All right, so vexed and vexation is feeling or showing irritation, annoyance or distress, difficult and often frustrating to understand or deal with. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to share today in a nutshell. I've got three points of how we carry the glory. And I'll come back another time and talk about how we carry the glory. But let's just talk about whether we even want to decide to carry the glory today. Because I think here's what happens. Eli jacked it up. Phineas and Hophni jacked it up. Men are in the equation. Men that forget God is their inheritance and their prize. And they do a little bit of God and a little bit of self-preservation. A little bit of God and a little bit of my way. And so by the time we go on down, the people who are responsible for the worship of a nation are themselves don't know how to worship. Don't know how to encounter the presence of God and shape who they are in light of who he is. They don't let the ark change them, they try to change the ark. They try to change the art to something that can be contained and maintained, and is and is comfortable and uh, convenient. And we can, when we we get it out of the closet, when there's a battle coming up, right? Oh Lord, we need thee right now. Tomorrow, hey honey, <laughs> hey hot thing, <laughs> get away, you're messing with me. They forgot what worship was. Man, and I'm not. Ah, uh, let me, let me, let me say this. No, I can't. <laughs> Man, this could be such a hard word when we start talking about how to carry the glory. We could take apart the rings and the staffs and everything that they had to hold it with, and we could find some good things to put some yokes on y'all about how you hold the glory. Oh, y'all gotta. Y'all got to get serious about it. You got you to gotta sweat more. You got to bleed more. The Lord loves the smell of burning flesh. I've heard that said from a pulpit. I thought he hated it. That's why he sent his son to do away with it. Right? And then he would that none should perish, so he never has to smell it again for all of eternity, Right? I don't know. Call me crazy. But man, it's not work harder do more, it's trust more and believe more and realize he's enough. Really, that's the whole reason. You're trying to con and scheme and manipulate and do. You're trying to make it all happen. That's the whole problem. And then we come in and we make a card of religion to try to teach you how to hold it better. And then the card of religion is just like everything else you were trying to do to make it happen. We try to teach you a better way to get to the same point. Well, if you do this enough and if you do this enough and if you do this enough. And we still just cheapen cheapen the glory of God. And that he's enough. And so they just totally messed this thing up. Can we agree they've totally messed this thing up? Can we just agree by, by, by the time the ark is at Abinadab's house and David's coming to get it, he's coming to get it and there's philosophy surrounding it. Contrary to what it was intended, right? There's methodology surrounding it. There's so many things, that walls that are built around the ark. And David has to try to filter through all those walls to truly not only bring the ark, but to bring the ark as it was intended to be brought. And he came into a fit of vexation. I don't know which way to turn and what to do, what's right and what's wrong. How do we do this? Is it okay to worship like that? Is it okay to worship like that? And then we get all this vexation. I used to be so vexed. So vexed. I told y'all how I used to sit and worship as the worship police. I had to be so vexed about how exactly is it right? And so David is following like he's seen everybody do it on this cart, right? I know we did it that way. I know the word says that, but I've seen it like this. And all these traditions have been established. And Abinadab says, yeah, we came on cart. cart to us. That'll just be easier. And so all these things of how we've always done it reminds me of a story. This woman was cooking Thanksgiving dinner. How appropriate. It's coming up. Oh, our dinner's going to be so good. And she's going to cook the ham, and her husband's in the kitchen just talking to her or whatever. She cuts three-quarters of the ham off and throws it in the trash. Husband says, honey, why in the world did you cut three-quarters of that ham off? She said, I don't know. That's the way my mama always did it. And he's like, i got to figure this out. So he calls his mama and says, why did you always cut three-quarters of the ham off? Your wife's doing that. I mean, I pay good money for these hams, and she's cutting it off. She says, I don't know. That's just how my mom did it. So they call the great-grandmother and say, okay, we've got to figure this out. We've been doing what you taught us all this time. We all faithfully cut three-quarters of the ham off and throw it in the trash. Why do we do that? She's like, I don't know why y'all did that, but a whole ham wouldn't fit in my pot, so I had to cut three-quarters of it off. Come on, people meant well. People had pure hearts. Did David mean well? Man after God's own heart, did he mean well? But even those with the best of intentions can totally jack up this carrying of the presence of God and the glory. And what happens is, what I believe that we've come to today is where we've had so many people carrying it so many ways. Some people say it don't matter about how you live, just da. So we see that pattern. Some people say it only matters how you live. You gotta live like this, you gotta be perfect. And then people live all different ways. Different manifestations. Man, this is happening over here, this is happening over here. And so we get to this place of vexation. What does the glory look like? How does it function in my life and how does it work in my life? And I don't know, is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Can it happen like that? Can it be like that? Can it work like that? And so many of us have tried it, the ways we've seen it, me. And I come to the threshing floor of right and ready, and it all just fell off. Paul came to the threshing floor of right and ready on a road to Damascus, and his ark just fell off. How he thought it happened, how he thought it was supposed to be, there is none that was more zealous. There was none that had better intention. He tells us in in Philippians chapter 3, I believe, when it comes to zeal, when it comes to following the law, when it comes to all those things, no one had more passion than me but I've come to the threshing floor of right and ready and I've seen a light and now I count everything that I thought I had figured out as a big pile of poop. And I just want to know him in the fullness of his glory. A fit of vexation And fear, I believe, has overcome the body of Christ. We're so dogmatic, and we've got so many agendas and so many ideas. And the Levites have changed how things happen. The people that are responsible, we were at the call a few years ago, and I just felt the Lord speak to me, that there's a deficit of worship in the land. And I want to raise y'all up to offset that deficit. And at that time, I thought of the music and, you know, the outlet that they had, and they were doing a lot of traveling, but it's so much bigger than that. I believe this body is going to be raised up to offset the deficit of worship, to offset the deficit of people saying, I submit my body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which my, is my reasonable act of worship. Mm-hmm. But we have to release the vexation and the fear yeah. and position ourselves to receive the glory. And there's, look, they went from it being in the temple To it being in a tent. And now it's to be in us. We are the temple. We are the carriers of the glory. And he is glorified when we bear much fruit. And we've got to humble ourselves. We're kings, but we're also priests. David took off his kingly garments and put on his priestly garments. And he danced before the Lord with all his might. Look at Michael, his wife. She judged his worship, and guess what happened to her? She was barren until her death. Obed-Edom's daughters had two babies a month. Michael was barren until her death. All of them because of the way they positioned themselves to worship. And he's glorified when we bear much fruit. So we must position ourselves as kings and as priests and not be frozen with fear. He had desisted, stopped, quit, got delayed and distracted because of confusion and then led to fear. And then it led to freezing and stalemate. Lord we want your glory whatever it looks like whatever it sounds like come Lord Jesus consecrate us cover us with your blood purify us like pure gold make us a vessel of your love make us a vessel of your glory. Let rivers of living water swell up in us and flow out of us. Let us be conduits of your glory. Let us be carriers of your glory. God, today we come to the threshing floor of right and ready. And we submit to you today all of our thoughts and all of our fears and all of our vexation and we just ask you to make an exchange. Throw those out. We come to your threshing floor. We ask you to thresh us today. We ask you to throw out all the fear and the vexation and we ask you to harvest the power and the love and the sound mindedness in us. Make us vessels of honor to carry your glory. We want to be a people. We want to be a body consecrated and positioned to host the glory, to release the glory. So, God, we lay all of our traditions. We uh, we lay all of our comfortable things. We uh, lay all of our carts. We lay all of our everything that we think we know, like Paul on the road, Saul on the road to Damascus when you turned him into Paul. Lord, we just ask for that encounter, that experience today, that illumination, that revelation. Lord, would you change the way we see things? Will you change the way we think? Will you change the way we hear? Would you let us be ones that are open to your voice and ready to be led by you and to carry your glory? Lord, we want the fullness. We want the fullness of your glory. We want to house it. We want to host it. We want to carry it. We want to release it. Let there be no hindrance in us. Let there be no hindrance in me. Can everyone just lift your hands right now? Just where you are and just say, let there be no hindrance in me. Mindsets that are contrary to your glory, would you just destroy those mindsets in me today? Every vexation and every confusion and every... Dogmatic argument and everything that has been just passed down to me, and I've let it set up a stronghold in my mind. Would you just tear those walls down in me? Destroy those fortified cities of thought that are contrary to your glory. Would you come in and take over? Would you come in and take over? you just drop a bomb on my fortified cities? Will you drop a a, a redemptive revelation of your kingdom bomb on my fortified cities of manipulation of control? And would you release your glory through my life? In Jesus' name. Guys, we had an amazing seminar yesterday for seeing and hearing. Many of you came. I don't even think we got a count, but there was a lot of you here. I've heard amazing things about it. The simplicity of seeing and hearing and prophesying over one another. And I'm just telling you that there is a wealth of the supernatural being released into the city of Knoxville and into the nations of the world. And it's going to flow through people who aren't vexed about every little thing, who don't have to control and don't have to manipulate and don't have to be in charge, but can just surrender and submit take off their robe and be a priest. Be one that walks in humility and lowly esteemed and undignifiedness because we just want his glory. And I don't care who gets the credit. We just want your glory. Lord, I don't care if you do it through the Baptist church. Do it through the Baptist church. Do it through the Lutheran church. Do it through anybody, God. We just want your glory. We want to see your glory like never before. Release it into the city of Knoxville. Release it into our homes and into our families. Use us in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.